Welcome to the Evolving Enterprises podcast, stories of growth and transformation. I'm here with Prashel, my new starter, and we're going to talk about how we deliver transformation. We're going to look at what it takes to, to deliver transformation and how to get really the best out of a, a transformation activity. We'll also talk about what the indicators of success are and, and how, as a consultant, I, I try and encourage people to move forward. I try to put them in a position where they stand the best chance of being able to move a transformation forward. So in previous episodes, we've talked about what transformation really is. It's moving from one state to another state. So you're currently in a particular position. You want to move to something that's different from that. So that might be a better cash position, better sales, better sort of strategic positioning, better sort of you know, being better prepared for the future. Whatever that happens to be, it's, it's a new state. And it's something that can't be achieved simply with just changing a few things and doing some relatively straightforward sort of changes. The reason we are where we are is because of the politics, the emotion and the rationality of the situation. So how do we then really go about transforming? What the, what's the set of ingredients in that transformation situation? Well, the first thing we need to know is, well, what, is, what are we looking for? What's that new state going to be? And sometimes when I start a consultancy assignment, it's very clear. Some people say, well, I want to be this. I want to be the market leader in whatever it is. Right. OK, that's brilliant. So what does a market leader need to do? How quickly do you want to get there? What are the stages we need to put in place? What does the plan look like? But there are others who say, you know what? I just don't think this business is really working anymore. <laughs> that's quite interesting because, you know, people have a, a sort of hunch that it's not right. It's not yeah. quite correct. But actually, there's that sort of disconnect of, OK, so so what do you do? And so, of course, my first question would be, working in what way? What does good look like? You know, is good about making a lot of money? Is good about doing great things for good for, for people? Is it a bit of both? What does what does great look like? What does ideal look like? If you could have it your own way, what would you have? What would your organisation be? And we talked in previous episodes about the legacy. What What legacy would you want to leave? That's quite a good starting point to think about. What would you do as an organisation in order to, you know, sort of thrive in your terms? And every organization is, is totally different. Some organizations really want to be the, you know, the biggest that there is. Some are quite content being the size that they are, but just maybe want to do things in a different way. It entirely depends on what the leadership team of that organization want. What's essential is really to take time to think about what that new future looks like, because it's not something you can rush. It's not the work of an hour or two. You, you can't simply imagine a new organization and say, great, this is what we've imagined. Let's, let's go with it. So there are a whole lot of methods and approaches that I use to get people to really bring in, you know, bring themselves in to what, what they, they want to achieve. One quite simple way of, of setting about that sort of, you know, that what does, the, what does good look like? What does better look like? Is to ask people to bring pictures of it. You know, just literally type into type some stuff into Google search about, you know, a good company and see what comes up, see what pictures there are that reflect what good looks like. I've had some interesting discussions with one particular CEO recently, and this is an enterprise that is essentially a social enterprise. It's an organization that is sort of set up to do great things for people. And one of the questions the CEO has is saying, um, you know, 
why am I working so hard? <laughs> why is why is my lifestyle not you know not not that of the CEO basking in the sun, etc.? So it's interesting that some sort of CEOs would, would would see good for them as being being sort of with their colleagues in a in an office doing doing great things. Others see it as an enabler to a lifestyle to to sort of being able to kind of take those wonderful breaks with their family, being able to you know work on a lovely beach. So. Good doesn't look the same for any two individuals. Good is very, very different. It's a very personal experience. And then, you know, some people are going for growth and they just want to be the biggest and, you know, the most powerful or whatever. And that completely doesn't work for other people. They're not in business to do that at all. So trying to get to the bottom of what really good looks like, what a legacy looks like, what, you know, what, what, does, what, what does that really mean in practice? That's so important. And it does take a while to unpack that. The next thing that I would do is I would put in what I call a sprint approach. So sprints are kind of common language in the software business. And, uh, you know, and so to some extent, they've, they've moved over now into the innovation world where you tend to innovate in sprints. You always have, actually. You know, this is, this is sort of a, a newish term for, you know, the way that innovators worked. Yeah. Innovators, you know, traditionally appeared from maybe their garage, you know, with the, the smoke pouring from their new <laughs> innovation and said, wow, look at it, it's amazing. And then we want one that doesn't have smoke coming out of it. All right, okay, well, I'll go and engineer you one of those. So, you know, the, the process of innovation has always evolved step by step by step. And somehow or other, recently, we seem to think that we can put it onto a kind of modern Gantt chart and say, right, you start innovation here, week on Thursday, you finish innovating, and they will all be done. The, the innovation will happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. So what you need to do is much the same thing with corporate sort of strategy and with transformation. It's important to set up some criteria for what, what good looks like in this sprint. Is good about bringing all board members up to a certain point is good about having the discussions about what good looks like for everybody, is good about establishing some targets on, you know, different members of an organisation. But what does good look like for this particular sprint? And then run the activity through, through the sprint up to that point. And I always say you need to have a bit of an idea of what you're going to do next. I mean, it would be foolish to, to rush into that and say, hmm, OK, well, we've got this, this board report now. Hmm, I don't know really what we do next. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be much of a consultant if I, uh, if, I, if I took that approach. But equally, you don't want to be saying that, you know, by sprint 23, we're going to have whatever it is. You, you've got to have that rough plan of, you know, sprint one is going to do something a bit like this. Sprint two is going to do something a bit like this. By sprint four, we're going to have the strategy in place. We're going to have board members agreed. We're going to be then rolling out and implementing. That, that's a good top level plan. And then you might modify that and adjust it as you go. But it means that you can plan in detail each sprint before you start. And you'll probably then start the detailed planning towards the end of sprint one for sprint two. You'll probably start the detailed planning for sprint three towards the end of sprint two. And so you can, you've got then the freedom that you're not planning to, to death. You're not planning over a great long period of time. You've got some headlines of what you want to do. And then you, you work up to that. And often what you find is what you learn from particularly those early sprints, you know, is changes markedly what you do later on. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating to see how you know the discussions will work with different board members sometimes you'll you'll do some work where you'll gather some data and the board members will say fantastic thank you great that we, we really accept that there are other times where you gather the data and they say hmm you you've analyzed a quarter of one percent <laughs> you know what about the rest mm, yeah i know we could we only do quarter of one percent we knew that when we signed up mm. but it's a very good question what about the rest how representative is that of, of everything else so you'll maybe go off and gather more data. You'll maybe go and dig, you know, a bit more deeply. Mm. And I think there's, it's important to always have that latitude. 
And as a consultant, one of the key things is to be acutely aware of and to communicate the strengths and weaknesses of what you do, mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we have to take an approach of doing the best we can in that moment. And that does naturally mean that you're not going to go and see every customer. <laughs> you're not going to go and see, you know, every tent. You're going to see a few and you're going to get to maybe talk to very, very few. You're going to go and maybe survey, you know, a number. You're going to get a view of where the target market is. Again, you're going to survey a small part of it. And, you know, it's important to be open about the fact that actually this is a very small number. And maybe what we want to do is not, you know, build a, a whole new division based on some small numbers mm-hmm. maybe we want to dip a toe in the water and just try some stuff just try out what we think is a, a new product that will fit that group and see how it goes and not not do it to scale yet but just just do some testing and hone that product in exactly the way an innovator would so we talked in the previous episode about the innovators mindset of, around going along with something that they've got a really great idea about and um, that are uh, very passionate about but they're not necessarily fixated on exactly what that is and it's, it's that, it's, it's really then honing and tuning of, of that idea. So the sprint approach allows that to happen really brilliantly. So you, you, you test some stuff, you do some things, and you'll take a sprint, you'll get to the end of that sprint, you'll take stock and you'll stop action. And sometimes you'll change direction completely. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are sprints where we, we've got to the end of them and said, hey, we've learned something really amazing from that. It's maybe time to do something quite different. And that allows us to really respond to the environment. That yeah. allows us to get underneath what we don't know. Yeah. And, and we, can, we can absolutely respond. So sprint approaches are very, very important to the activity. And I think that's, that's one of the things that a board value very much in, in that is actually being part of the sprint activity. So in all sort of strategic work that I do, in all transformative work, I would very much see the, you know, the board, the chief executive and any other key stakeholders as, as my, my kind of go-to people. I would be bringing back work to them uh, on a, a very regular basis. I mean, generally with the senior management kind of once a week and um, once every couple of weeks, depending on how quickly the activity is moving forward. And to the entire board, at least at every board meeting, at least, you know, there would be an update on here's where mm. we've got to. This is what we've done. You know, are you all content? Are the things that you want us to explore? Are the things that you, you think we should be looking at that we're not? Here's the strengths. Here's the weaknesses. This is, this is where we think this is going at the moment. What's, what's, the, what's the sort of way forward for that? So that's, that's the, the kind of broad overview of, of kind of how, you, how, how transformation is delivered, how I work as a consultant. And... I think a lot of people have asked me, well, what's the kind of the secret to doing this? Because many people try. There are lots of, I've seen a whole lot of people, uh, you know, trying to get a transformation in, in an organisation. They get to a certain point and they stop. And it's it's a bit like the, you know, the sort of the, the, the kind of stalemate that can be reached with a, a teenage child. So those, those uh, sort of pe- people out there who've got teenage children will know that you know, there's there's particular things about, you know, coming home at a certain time, you know, when you can go out with your friends, getting, you know, homework done if the teenager's still at school, you know, what, what is and is not acceptable. And, you know, there are, there are times where it's just really difficult. There are, you know, there's... There's that kind of you. You want your child to be safe. I mean, I, I know of parents of teenage girls who 
don't particularly want their daughters to be going out and you know doing sort of you know going to the parties that they are but feel compelled to drive them because you know their daughter is going to go there yeah. and you you've got a choice you're either going to drive your daughter there and know that she's got there safely and pick her up knowing that she's returned safely or you say i don't approve of this in which case she's going to walk there anyway and you know that's that's the the, the worst of the options so those those kind of stalemates are typical and and it, that exactly that happens with a change activity that you can get to a position where the stakeholders are all sort of locked together and i'll describe a few of these that i've been involved in and where the turning point has been so there was an activity where essentially this was this was something that quite a few people have got very hot on the collar, under the collar about in central government and they they wanted a change made to a really big activity in one of the government departments in the uk and despite the vast amounts of pressure from the, the secretary of state so the politician who was the most senior politician responsible for that department it was amazing how little progress was being made and at each sort of meeting the secretary of state became more and more irate by um, the fact that progress wasn't being made so it was it was a good opportunity actually to to get some changes made because there's there's a few things you need you need an incentive an imperative a, a reason to change if you go back to sort of cotter's approach to to change one of the things he talks about is that you you need you know a sense of urgency. Some people describe it as literally a burning platform. You know, you've got to get off this. <laughs> it's it's time to go. If it, if it's something that could be done, you know, next year, next you no know, next decade, you know, in two thousand years time, it's never going to happen. So you need that sense of urgency. And in this case, we had the sense of urgency that well, I think the Secretary of State would like to see some action on this. So what are we going to do? And and that was quite compelling in terms of at least getting people around a table. What was more difficult though on this piece of work was figuring out what the heck you do. Because we were in a situation where we had probably about 10 heads of this individual sort of activity, and none of them was willing to share the data that would tell you how this was working as a whole. So my my question was, you know, the first question of a consultant, how is it now? (laughs) What what is going on? We can't tell you. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on, tell me how it's working. It's very complicated. Now, that's, this is like a red rate of bull to me when, when somebody says it's very complicated. In other words, you know, you're not going to understand it. Right. Well, let's let's unpick some of that complication, shall we? Uh, well, this bit's over here and this bit's over there and it doesn't talk to this and it doesn't talk to that. Right. OK, so so what you need then is you need someone to be able to go and have a look at how it's working, don't you? Ah, <laughs> do we? Yeah, yeah, I think we do. I think you really, really do. So, yes, yeah, so I, I had some folk from my team go out. It's more or less a case of going out with clipboards and literally writing down numbers. Mm. It was that bad because although all of it was on a computer somewhere, none of those computers were talking to one another. And there was quite a, how shall I put it? There was a desire on the part of the seniors not to go and fess up to just how bad things were. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So this was quite interesting. And you can imagine how my meeting with the seniors went when I went along and said, here's the dashboard of your, your overall organisation. Although I didn't put it that way. What I did was I got all 10 of them around the table and I said, right, we've been collecting some data over the past month on how this activity is performing as a whole system. And we've prepared a dashboard. And you are welcome to challenge that. You're welcome to bring along any data that you have to support, you know, where you think that the system has got to. And you're welcome to say that what we have is not right. But what I want to do is when we leave this meeting, I want to leave with a complete set of data that we believe collectively represents this organisation. 
And so nobody went in in sort of as in a defensive way in the sense of this is rubbish, you know, you can't do this. It was a constructive dialogue yeah. around what do we believe each of the component parts of this organization is delivering. We've got data here which is limited. It's based on a very small sample. It's based on this, and you know, I'm 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 all for being really, really honest about the limitations. We we cannot do the work of 10 years in a month. So we talked about the limitations, the strengths, the weaknesses, and all the caveats were added to that data. And as I went round at the end of the meeting and said, do you accept this? Do you accept this, etc." to each and every one of them, they said, yes, that's, we, we accept it. Mm -hmm. This is a true reflection of this. That was the turning point in the whole activity. And it was a turning point because it meant that rather than each individual being blamed individually and being pushed for, you know, your part of this system yeah. is not working, collectively they realised that... <laughs> It wasn't working at all as a whole system. And so actually that was so critical to getting ownership, to get a, a get, get well plan uh, together. It was immensely critical in terms of establishing that I and my, my colleagues were there to, to help really to do good. We were we were seen before that as sort of you know badged as, as as people who were there to interfere and report to the wrong places and all that. But actually, from that meeting onwards, they saw us as part of their team. They saw us as a group who would help. And it's I think it's so essential to have these discussions where you get to the heart of what's going on. There's no point in having discussions around the periphery of it about well, what about this and how do you feel about that. You've got to go to the heart of the issue and try and sensitively walk through that that issue with the stakeholders and get to a point where people will agree at least the process has been there. Mm -hmm. At least we've had an opportunity to to input into it. We've been able to add, you know, notes to this. We know we've been able to work with you. And actually that's vital in, in terms of being able to take an activity forward. There's there's a number of other strategic sort of turnarounds where accepting of the status quo has been the the, the turning point. Mm -hmm. The the board accepting that this is a true reflection of this system as it stands at the moment um, with all its imperfections. I mean, I've, I've never yet drawn a strategic um, review of, a, of an organisation and found nothing. I mean, there's some, there's some private sector organisations that are very slick. They're very well tuned. They they do a lot of what less, less agile organisations do. They do their coordination very well. They look to the future very well. But even in those organisations, you can still find places where you can tune them and hone them and make them a bit more resilient, a bit more robust, a bit more attuned to their market. And so the, the turning point in all consultancy activities comes when you can get that acceptance of a way forward, when you can find um, a, a way of being able to you know, move that sort of stakeholder group on beyond where they, they are at the moment. Quite a lot of people ask me about the, the key to success in a way in consultancy, and I, I, I really wish I had that sort of yeah. magic, you know, this one will work and this one won't. Yeah. I think you do get to find out, though, very, very early on. And I think there's, there's two elements that are absolutely critical to being able to take a, an activity forward, to be able to transform an organisation. The first one is essentially the priority of the activity. Mm. How high up on people's radar is it? You know, if it's one or two, you know, priority one or priority two on the board's agenda, then it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to go forward. They're probably going to be able to, to do it. And if the senior staff make themselves available, that's also a pretty good indication that it really matters to them. It's yeah. something that, you know, if it's worth the chief executive's while spending an hour with you each day, well, each day, but each, each week, then it's probably something that's worth doing. 
if it's kind of like the I don't know the, the director for maintenance can see you you know six months in six months time well you're probably not going to get there really so their access and the interest of the seniors you know that that's massively important and the priority of the activity though those two I think are, are quite sort of important in determining whether something works or it doesn't there's there's all, all manner of other things in the way that you know the the activity is set up and the way that the brief is set up and how much time you have to do it but i think if you've got access and priority those those are, are massively important i think with with both of those in place you've probably got a good sort of 90 percent chance of being able to transform a, an organization where you can i was also i was thinking back to you know what you were originally talking about the sprint stop approach and i just think it's brilliant because it will really enable you to plan according like to make adaptions mm. to what, each stage because you know as, as we know society changes and you know it's been changing quite rapidly recently and so instead, rather than planning you know one doing one long plan and just sticking to that you know that sprint stop approach where you can plan one short thing review it and things like that you can see oh what's what's trending right now what's not trending right now Will this work anymore you know what i mean and so i was just thinking about that and that's that's a really great approach and also what you were saying about the turning point and when you were talking about how when you were having these board meetings and you were talking to them about you know you're really visiting the core of the, all the problems it also goes to show how important you know your approach is when speaking to people you really need you really need to you know, it also makes me think of when we talk about MBTIs and personality types, you know, just, you know, thinking about what type of people these that they are and how they would respond to certain informations and how you can adapt the way you deliver these things to them, making sure you speak to them in an, appro in an appropriate way so you can get these things across. And, you know, they'll be a lot more accepting of whatever you say, your ideas and things like that. You know, I was, I was hearing you how you were delivering it and you were delivering it in a lot, much more, you know, instead of just throwing them in their, throwing it in their face and telling them that nothing's going, nothing's, it's not going well. Do you know what I mean? You were, you were delivering it in a lot nicer manner, you know, and so your approach to things and the way you speak to people is very important yeah it is you're right i mean you say the sprint the sprint approach is is so important because you can't know what if, if you knew what the, the ideal kind of plan was to take an organization on a journey then you sort of wouldn't need to really be there you could just kind of email it into the, yeah. the ceo of course it's it's way more complicated than that because you have to understand the environment the environment's immensely complicated the consumer base the the suppliers, the interaction between associates, collaborators with those with, with, with any organization, it's a it's a difficult space. And so you you begin to understand more and more and more of it. I always think if you if you understood just a tiny fraction at the beginning of what you, you understand at the end, it would be so brilliant. You know, if you if you could bring that sort of learning curve, you could make that learning curve just a bit bigger, uh, a bit quicker. Uh, you know, you could do so much more. There's there's a huge learning curve for a consultant. And I think Another part of consultancy, and it's interesting that you you talked about that sort of the approach that I, I take. I think I am gen genuinely bowled over by being sort of being able to help the, the people that I work yeah. with. I, I genuinely love being sort of with them. I, I take on assignments where I I just enjoy and that are just part of something that I I would do anyway, really. Whether you know, and so I think I I, I feel a great sense of sort of pride in working with the people that I do mm. and I feel very lucky to be with those people so for me every interaction with with anyone with any of the, the, the people I work with with my team with the sort of stakeholders I just feel immensely lucky to be able to work with those people mm. and so it's 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 a natural thing to feel that you you want to 
do everything that you can to make life easier for them yeah. to help them on you know on, on their way it's it's a tough world it's a tough world doing anything these days it's a tough world being a director of a company it's a tough world being a ceo and there's masses of pressure i think there's, there's never been a time where people have been under more pressure mm. you know in the in the past there was a more kind of gentle approach to things well you build it up gently oh you've made a loss in this year we'll make it up next year whereas now it's like we want a profit we want this we yeah. want that we want that you know, and while you're making a profit you can build the organization up and you can do this and you can do that. <gasps> good grief really <laughs> Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know, we, we need breathing space. And actually, the job that you know, many of these people do is amazing, absolutely incredible. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we, it's important to celebrate that success, to yeah. celebrate the fact that, you know, people are uh, contributing so much to their, their work. And as I said, it's just a huge privilege. It's just a massive privilege to be mm. able to work with all the people I get to work with. I, I, I celebrate them all. And I'm, as I, said, I feel very lucky. So for me, that sort of approach of trying to help them through you know a difficult time is is a very natural one and it's something that i think is is so important in in life 100%. and mm. people will respond to that mm. like they will gen- they, they can feel when you truly care about something when you truly want to help they can they, and they will respond to that and that's probably why they obviously got you got the good responses you you got because you know people will naturally respond to how people come to them yeah yeah, absolutely. It is. It's a, yeah, that we, we, we know instantly. We can, we, you know, we're, we're brilliant at reading, you know, exactly, emotions. Yeah. We know what, you know, what people are thinking, what they're mm. feeling. It doesn't matter what you say, what you, you do. You express it in your face. You, you know, you can see exactly. whether someone wants to be there or they don't. Yeah, you you don't, know? Need to, you don't need to be a psychologist to don't. be emotionally intelligent. Like, yeah, you just read people's emotions in their face, the way they smile, the way their eyes look. You read them. We do that naturally. Mm. I feel like people think it's a lot of very complicated thing, but it's really not. We do that naturally. Mm, absolutely. So we've we've looked at how we deliver transformation. We've looked at the elements that are needed, the, the sprint journey. We've looked at some of the guarantee, well, not guarantees, but some of the things that are more likely to predict success. So priority of access to senior staff and the priority of the activity in the sort of particular in the diaries of the senior staff. Mm. We've looked at turning points. We've looked at what it takes to to turn an organization around and what the, the turning point on that journey of moving from one state to another is, and how important that is, how important that emotional journey is with that sort of client group, with the, the board, with the, the senior managers, and how much of a privilege it is to walk that journey with some really amazing individuals and how, how much fun it is and how enjoyable it is. Thank you. You've been listening to Evolving Enterprises, stories of growth and transformation. Thank you. Thank you.